Hey everyone, welcome to the Bio Breakthroughs Podcast. I'm your host, Jared Taylor. Joining me today is Simon Arkell, the co-founder and CEO at Synetica Bio. Simon, how are you? Good, Jared. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to, to have you here. Let's dive right in. Tell the audience a little bit about your background and how it led you to becoming the CEO at uh, Synetica. Yeah, so um, I'm uh, an Australian um, by uh, upbringing, have been in the US for a few decades here, came over on an athletic scholarship to college many years ago and kind of stayed, but uh, have been basically a serial entrepreneur until uh, since the 90s. And so uh, my first uh, venture capital-backed company was in the late 90s during the good old days of the dot-com boom. Um, fast forward to a couple of companies ago, a company called Prediction Software, which was a predictive analytics platform software company. Uh, we did early kind of machine learning and democratizing what was then a really complex thing for the PhDs only. So try to simplify machine learning. We uh, focused in on uh, patient risk analytics and sold that into the provider industry. Then I was lucky enough to start a company uh, with an old customer of mine, uh, and that company was DeepLens. And we focused on a cloud-based artificial intelligence platform that took all of the many silos of uh, oncology-specific patient data from pathology reports to medical records and then ingesting those real-time genomics report feeds from the reference labs like the Caris and Foundation Medicines of the world. And we did that, put it together in a common data model, and we matched patients to clinical trials in precision oncology in real time. And it worked pretty well. We ended up deploying that to over 250 locations around the U.S. We were monetizing that by having the biopharma companies uh, pay us to get access to the to you know the insights into where the patients were, so that we could help them uh, not only match the patients in a pre-screening process, but uh, get them ultimately consented and enrolled onto clinical trials. And we did that pretty successfully. We found really difficult to find cancer patients in the community. And I'm pretty sure that we enrolled a number of them on uh, clinical trials that they never would have uh, found or had access to if it weren't for us. About a year ago, we sold that company very successfully to Paradigm in New York. And a few months later, after taking a bit of time off, um, I started this company, Synthetica, with some very smart partners who really knew this space cold. And we all realized at the very same time that there was something changing in the industry with regard to technology and how that could be applied to biopharma was pretty exciting to us. And let's, let's dive in, right? So in terms of, and thank you so much for the background and congratulations on all your success thus far. Um, Thanks. And it's so funny too, when people talk about moving on to the next thing as entrepreneurs, it's always like never major time. It's like took a little time and I'm ready to get back into it. So it's nice to know that you have, you have that same mindset. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, you know, people always you know, talk about retirement. I don't even know what that means. My mentor is 82 and he's busier than I'll ever be. He's got five companies he's juggling all at once. And it's amazing. I just love the energy. And I think people, you know, consider startups to be their canvas for creativity. And it's a great way to interact socially with like-minded people, smart people. So it's just something that um, I think you miss when you're not doing it anymore. 100%. Yeah, it's, it's, there's an addicting factor to it, too. One of the good things you can be addicted to. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Because you're right, it does. Yeah. <laughs> uh, better than drugs. In, in terms, uh, <laughs> way better, way better. <laughs> in terms of 
the, the purpose of Medica Bio's like generative AI platform, for instance. Mm-hmm. Can you talk us through how you envision it'll benefit the biopharma industry? Yeah, well, you know, the the original uh, idea came from you know this is not a brand new idea. There are a number of companies working on what is next for technologies like ChatGPT. I think the I think the kind of the the world exploded with creativity when ChatGPT hit the mainstream about seven or eight months ago, and uh, it it just was. Um, incredibly exciting to see what was possible now from the the generative aspects as opposed to you know my history with my last couple of companies has all been about you know taking a ton of data um, a lot of smart people and then spending months and months building technology but also um, predictive models or machine learning models or natural language processing based models that um, after many months of uh, development, you come out with one model for one thing, and it might be quite accurate, but it only does that very one thing. And generative AI um, really had us believe that if you could, in a very unsupervised way, look across huge amounts of data uh, and then ask questions of that data, interact, have a relationship with that data, you're going to iterate your way to the solution, uh, the, the insights that you want. But the problem with ChatGPT, which I think we all understand, is that you cannot paste your company secrets into a chat box that, you know, basically OpenAI is going to get and have its public domain at that point. And so um, there was the need for an enterprise version of this. But we realized that, you know, a generative platform model, large language model or LLM like ChatGPT or BARD, is very good at being very broad, but quite shallow. In fact, ChatGPT like ends in 2021, so it's not even very recent. And so, you know, is there an opportunity to create an enterprise version of this where an enterprise a company can have their own proprietary data in a secure environment? But more importantly, that it's very knowledgeable about this biopharma industry, which is very specific, especially in precision medicine, where you have, you know, genomics and uh, you know, tons of publications to support specific outcomes. And you could run different experiments with that data if the platform knows a lot about the industry. But if it doesn't, it's not going to be very useful. So we uh, envisage a platform that can not be one LLM, but go across multiple industry-specific LLMs against a huge amount of data that we are bringing to have a much more intelligent platform. And then the ability to um, store and save and manage um, uh, these vector databases that are very specific to generative AI. It's a brand new thing and a lot of companies will not have the time um, or you know, resources to be able to uh, you know, create really good generative AI applications on their own with just the building blocks from Amazon or Microsoft. You touched upon this a little bit, Simon, already, but in terms of the, the platform you have, as it relates to addressing the challenges faced by these biopharma companies in terms of data analysis, I know you you mentioned being, mm-hmm. you know, those other platforms are too broad. They're they're not focused on you know your data. You're giving them your data right now. You're you're changing that. Mm-hmm. But in terms of let's talk more about the data analysis piece and the challenges that these biopharma companies mm-hmm. uh, face and how you're addressing those today. Yeah, you know, it, it, it comes from a lot of our own personal experiences, in fact, because um, at, at my last company, DeepLens, we we were a, a team of incredible, I wasn't an engineer, but we had a great team of, of engineers and um, bioinformaticists and, and data people. 
And we were still spending a ton of time after bringing together the different modalities of data, that pathology, the you know, medical records, um, even image data, and then, of course, the genomics data. But there were still silos. We had it in a data lake, but the analysis uh, was difficult. It took a long time to really find out, hey, how many patients are in our database that have a specific mutation type that are in a certain geography that have not had surgery yet, et cetera, to conform to the protocol of a clinical trial. And, uh, and we were one of the best. We were a software company that did data for a living. So the problem that the industry is facing and is going to continue to face is that there is just this massive sea change in not only the volume of data, but also the velocity of data. We have a data feed and access to uh, a specific data pool to um, train our platform that has you know, years of longitudinal lab data on two thirds of the US population, but that's growing by 500 million results per month. So you need to be able to deal with data at rest and then normalize that. You need to be able to deal with um, streaming data but more importantly, we have to change the paradigm such that these biopharma clients are not having to rely on teams of PhDs who can go and spend three months building some supervised machine learning model, coming back with one answer to one question, and that's all it does. It's a massive bottleneck. Instead, the, the head of ClinOps, these analysts, they want to be able to just interact with the data that's not only their own enterprise data, but also mash up, mashes up public source data to get those insights. And those insights could be based on commercial targeting. Hey, how do I find the physicians who are treating the patients that are at risk of progression from stage two to stage three, non-small cell lung cancer, but also have the KRAS mutation? It's like that sort of complexity could take months to fall into a black hole for a team of smart people to come back and, and maybe answer that question. But if you could do that in real time, and continue to iterate with that, uh, with that data, then we think there's a huge unlock in terms of value, especially for those companies that have a huge upside to getting those answers, but don't necessarily have a big team of PhDs that are out there doing the data science and the AI for them. And when, when you talk about differentiation, right, how do you plan to differentiate you know, yourself from the other generative AI healthcare data platforms that are present in the industry? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, the, 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 I think the challenge for anyone in this industry, whether they're a you know, potential customer and user of the technology or a vendor building something, is that it is moving incredibly quickly. Uh, you've seen that there are some companies out there getting large amount of funding or have uh, received funding to build one large language model, as an example, for the industry. Maybe that's the healthcare LLM. But the problem with that is that the tech is moving so quickly such that you know, now you don't need as much data to train an LLM as you may have just six months ago. And, and these things are being optimized and there's this leapfrogging happening in terms of immediate disruption and obsolescence. So we made a decision having you know, started companies before that became obsolete or obsolete at others, you, know, you see how quickly this can move. It became pretty important for us not to do anything too proprietary, but to use the skill sets of the team members such that we could create a real-time streaming cloud-based microservices architecture. But more importantly, that we could slot in the best of breed technologies for generative AI and then provide an orchestration layer 
both on top of some open source initiatives like a Langchain, but also our own enterprise orchestration. And now whenever there's a request from one of the users, it's coordinating and orchestrating between the best of breed LLMs, which we can slot in and slot out if they become obsolete or the next best thing. So we think that um, being a, a, a platform that is highly secure allows customers to bring their own data, benefit from other data and other learnings that we've had from our own data, and then solve those problems in a secure manner, but do it very dynamically across best of breed technologies. That's the way to not become obsolete and to still move very quickly. And in terms of what's next for the company, what, what's really exciting you that you can share with us here today in terms of what's next? Yeah, well, it's a it's an early stage company. We're working with some some great partners, early customers already. We're at revenue already. We have um, data partnerships that give us this huge head start with, again, over 220 million patient lives in a database that's tuning uh, this particular platform of ours. And so we're in the building phase right now. We just kicked the company off a, officially a month or so ago. We raised a venture capital round and we have some great VCs behind us who really saw the, the benefit of what we're doing and the opportunity for what we're doing after looking at a lot of generative AI biopharma plays. Um, they chose us because um, I think we have a, a very good strategy and plan, but we were also you know, not 22 year olds that just came out of college uh, with you know smart tech idea. We realized that, uh, and they realized that we needed to know the industry, know the players, be able to fast track to the C-suite at uh, customers and partner opportunities. And, you know, we've done this before, failed many, many times between us and had some successes. And I think we're a little bit, you know, less dumb every time we start a company. And so uh, we have this huge opportunity to now uh, really start building that we've, we've raised our first venture round um, and then get to the point, you know, by the end of the year where we're really, you know, live with a platform that's getting a lot of momentum and a lot of new customers. But there is no shortage of customer demand out there. We just have to make sure that we're working with the right partners that can take us to the next level. You know, the, the investors that backed us are uh, Virtue, AIX, Page One, um, another that um, I can't mention, and they are all extremely um, excited about, you know, us getting to the next level, raising a more substantial round, but really getting out there and, and converting a lot of biotech and pharma and CRO customers and partnerships through other data and software companies. So there's, um, there's a lot of activity in the industry right now, as you probably know, and uh, we're definitely you know, in the trenches on a day-to-day -day basis, having really great conversations and closing real deals with real customers. Well, Simon, I wish you and the team all the best of luck, and I can't wait to already have you come back on again in the near future, and we can dive into some more stuff. But again, really appreciate you being on the show here today. Yeah, thanks for having me, Jared. Appreciate it. Thank you.